cancellations, indefinite delays, and postponements, postponements, postponements. All the makings of a rough week for Disney Park News. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where it's looking like his Captain EO Halloween costume may just have to wait until next year, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, how's it going, man? Another week. Another week. Another hot week. <laughs> Oof. It's it's weeks like these where I have two big cravings. On one hand, I have a craving for a Dole Whip, like a legitimate Dole Whip. And then on the other hand, I have a craving for Plaza Inn fried chicken. It's like a battle that constantly is raging inside of me. God, I tell you, it is something like just walking into like Tomorrowland and you just smell that chicken in the air. Well, oh. it, it's, it took us a while to finally like actually go there and eat some, but uh, we always were like bombarded by it. I mean, it was a pleasant bombardment of it. Like, they're just, you know, it's on purpose. It's definitely on purpose. I know it's on purpose, <laughs> but it always surprises me, like, how how powerful the smell was. I mean, I know, I know they pipe smells into the areas to get people <laughs> to want to eat foods, eat the snacks, eat whatever. But it's still just, like, it's just such a powerful, like, smell that it still catches me off guard. <laughs> right. It's it's uh it's a smell that is almost too good to be true and really it's one of those Disney experiences that everybody just raves about that fried chicken at Disneyland's Plaza Inn. It's just one of those like to even refer to it as a cult favorite is not even fully recognizing how just beloved of a food item that fried chicken is. And so, you know, enough people start raving about it and every it just it pretty much has like universal acclaim. And anytime something like that happens, I think at least for me, I naturally start to just be a little suspicious, maybe think that it's overhyped. Uh, I will say 100 percent it is not overhyped. And it's like it's it you're always a little intimidated because that line out of Plaza Inn, especially if you go during like a prime meal time. Is, uh, is starting to snake out that entrance, and you're kind of like, oh, man, that uh, it's a little intimidating, but, you know, it, it moves ridiculously fast, and uh, before you know it, you're just like, you have this amazing plate of just, it's, it's a ton of fried chicken, it's a ton of food, and it really is just, you take that bite, and you're immediately like, how is this possible? This completely lives up to the hype, and it is legitimately the best fried chicken I've ever had. Yeah, it's... It's really good, and it actually made me actually break one of my rules uh, when I when it comes to eating in public. Like generally, when I go places, <laughs> I avoid eating like fried chicken or 
barbecue. I mean, there's been a couple of places for sure that I've broken that rule for barbecue because barbecue is just too delicious. But rarely do I break the the fried chicken one because just I get I become a mess because if you really want to get into <laughs> that chicken. Like you really got to get it. I get, I enjoy my chicken and I get into it so good, so much that I'll have grease all over the place. And then you're like sitting there waiting, like, uh, I can't touch anything now cause I have greasy fingers. <laughs> so I need like, even just like, even I'd better eat more. Well, it's like, you can't even really even use like a napkin cause, uh, unless you have like a cloth napkin, that napkin is going to get disintegrated by all the grease in your hands <laughs> so it's just like becomes just a bigger mess and everything so but thankfully yeah. they have a bathroom kind of right there so i can run to that bathroom and wash just to my go ride down splash mountain afterwards just hands <laughs> in the air i don't need to go quite to splash mountain but uh yeah it it, it is like uh like it becomes almost an emergency i don't want anybody don't look at yeah. me don't look at me until i wash my hands and my face <laughs> <laughs> i do think though at plaza inn it's like it is a it is communally understood that you know you're gonna be just a mess after eating that fried chicken so everybody's kind of in on it so it's like there's no judgment going on there's no judgment and if there is they don't know what they're missing. It's just like you're not in on the secret if you're going to sit and judge Henry Hall for running around with just greasy palms. Don't judge me. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't look at me. So, of course, Ignore there's that. And then, me. On, on, <laughs> and then on, on the other side of things, there's that Dole Whip, which oh. it's like I, I don't even really need to describe it. It just is what it is. It's just incredible and perfectly you know, tart and sweet. And I think the biggest kind of disappointment I have around Dole Whips now is that that secret of that, that secret side of the Dole Whip cart in front of the Tiki room is now only uh, a mobile order pickup spot only. So uh, you used to be able to just kind of go around back and place your order. There was never any line. Uh, the line was always at that front entrance, but you can't, you can't quite do that anymore. But the still, I mean, the mobile pickup is is pretty clutch. But, uh, you know, as much as I like all of the different kind of mixes and concoctions and swirls that they have at, like, Tropical Hideaway now, there's just something so pure and amazing on a hot day about a uh, just a classic Dole Whip. It's just, it's hard to beat. Well, lucky for me, uh, the Dole Whip is no longer an issue for me because we have a Tootie Melon uh, like three minutes away. So I can just go there to get, uh, my, uh, Dole Whip. Is that the same? Yes, it is the same. Really? Mm -hmm. mm. So you can come visit me, man. And we can get like, we can get you, uh, some Dole Whip. Might have to do that. There's something though, that feels kind of wrong about getting a Dole Whip at a Tootie Melon as opposed to, I mean, I'm sure it's delicious. I just feel like I'm going to be missing something. There's something about just like being at that entrance to Adventureland, maybe even deciding, I think the last time I was there, it was like right when I was getting my Dole Whip, they were letting people into the Tiki Room. So I was like, perfect. I'll just sit in the Enchanted Tiki Room and eat my Dole Whip and and, you know, it was uh, it was perfect. It was really just like a perfect afternoon snack oh, with the with the birds of the tiki room just 
going on. Oh, don't get me wrong. That is the perfect combination, especially on a hot day. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like the coolness of the tiki room and then the, the Dole Whip in your hand. It's perfect. Uh, and the best thing about it is is Lori doesn't like pineapple, so I don't have to share. <laughs> <laughs> 100% Henry Hall Dole Whip. Well, that's good, man. That uh, That's definitely a win. If you want to talk about a not win, this week was an absolute avalanche of Disney Park news. And it was pretty brutal overall, man. I mean, uh, it was starting to look like it would be a nice, calm episode that we were going to have here uh, I was kind of thinking about like, well, what's what are some other just kind of fun Disney Park anecdotes and stories and and just things can we talk about uh, for this episode? And and then all of a sudden, just like, bam, 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 we just got hit so hard with uh, with all sorts of reopening news. And I mean, it really did seem like Disney decided this week to drop the hammer and hit us all at once with what will hopefully be the worst news out of what we can expect, certainly for when Walt Disney World opens. I hope so for when Disneyland opens as well, though Though I kind of doubt it. I feel like more is to come there, but we're, we're going to hit that in a second. But good news, at least, is that we do have a whole lot of answers, some of which weren't even for questions that we knew that we had. The bad news, though, is that most of these really aren't the answers we were hoping for. So uh, let's let's just get right into it, okay? So we're going to start things off with this park reservation system that we have been hearing about constantly for I don't know, it feels like it feels like forever right now. But uh but we already know that both Walt Disney World and the Disneyland Resort will be requiring for both a valid ticket and specific park reservation for each and every day that you visit those parks. It's very similar thing to what we've seen implemented at Shanghai, which just which which opened last month, and at Hong Kong, which just opened. They both have similar park reservation systems. But on Friday, Disney World dropped a metric ton of additional details and a handy no before you go FAQ. And it's here that they discuss specific dates for each group that will be able to start placing reservations. So beginning June 22nd, Disney Resort and other select hotel guests with valid theme park admission can make reservations. So that's right around the corner on Monday. Beginning June 26th, annual pass holders without a resort stay can make reservations. And then beginning June 28th, existing ticket holders can make those reservations. All booking windows will open up at 7 a.m. Eastern or 4 a.m. Pacific. So it's it's utilizing those FastPass Plus opening hours. And they all need to be accessed through the My Disney Experience on a web page, not the app. And you have to make sure that all of your reservations and all of your park tickets are all linked to your My Experience app. The other critical piece of this, obviously is that both Disneyland and Disney World, in this case, Disney World, has completely locked everyone out of purchasing new tickets. So this is really for people that already have everything in place. So these reservations will be available 
through September 26th, 2021. And it's all based on when your booked resort stay is going to be and how long your tickets that you have already in place are currently valid. So 2021, man, that, that seems like they're taking a very long lead in terms of uh, how long this system may be in place. So we'll see. But uh, but that's definitely, it seems like this is not necessarily going to be a short-term uh, process that they've implemented. But if you are one of the unlucky people that have a resort reservation but haven't yet purchased your park tickets before Disney locked the system down, we're still not 100% sure how that's going to work. Disney does call out that if you have a room-only reservation for 2021, that you'll be able to call the reservation center on June 24th to make new tickets purchases supposedly, but there is no word on if this is also the case for anyone with a 2020 hotel reservation, but no tickets. We'll see. You know, something I noticed today was that you can still buy tickets at like Target or these other places that, well, Target at least was selling like two to three day uh, Disney tickets. So I wonder how that works. Yeah, you know, it's a good question because there were still definitely people calling out as well that some of these places like uh, like Undercover Tourist, for instance, still had a few tickets that were available. So, I mean, theoretically, if it's if they are Disney World tickets in this case, you could purchase and potentially link them if they're wide open tickets and you don't have to specify dates. Um, but that's a good question. I don't I, I don't really have an answer to that. And they're not responding specifically to that. So I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that. But it would be interesting. That would be a good it would be a good little workaround for sure. Yeah. Now, if you are somebody that doesn't have park tickets and you don't have hotel reservations, but you do want to get the ball rolling for some vacation planning, there's a little bit of information there as well. So if you're looking at 2021, you'll be able to start placing those orders on June 28th. But again, for 2020 new hotel bookings or ticket sales, Disney is only mentioning that they'll be available at some point, quote, later in the summer based on availability. Uh, and then Disney World is also offering annual pass holders an additional one-month extension or partial refund to make up for the limited nature of this reservation system. So it's uh, it's certainly not covering the full extent of the reservation system, but but it's something if you're there. Um, also an interesting note with annual pass holders, you can still purchase annual passes for Disney World, it sounds like. So that's, that's another... Uh, it's another little workaround if you really want to drop those uh, those big time dollars, but um, but it, it it's an interesting kind of process and it's an interesting cluster of details and and in terms of how they're laying it out. So first of all, it's definitely not the most straightforward process in the world. There's definitely a lot of dates and a lot of if then if then if you want this then you have to do this. So uh, so it definitely. Uh, just a feeling that I've had throughout this whole period with with this these various different new health and safety and system announcements that we're getting, I just really am starting to get the feeling almost that Disney is actively trying to scare everyone away, but 
really diehards that are fully 100% committed no matter what. At least for 2020, that that is seems to be the feeling here. Uh, you know, it started with like face masks, which I get and totally makes sense. But that's when you started hearing feedback from people that were like, nah, doesn't sound that great. Face masks in the summertime in Orlando, you know, I, I think we'll pass. And then we've started getting more of just like now they've locked down reservations. And so maybe you'll be able to get your tickets by the time that your reservation is going to be up, but maybe not. And if you're looking to just, you know, if you just have a, uh, uh, if you just have, if you're going to be visiting in a resort, you know, we can't guarantee that you'll get park uh, availability, but maybe you will. Uh, it, there's just a lot of these kind of maybes and there's so much gray area and it's like, man, we're only like a couple of, a few weeks away at this point. I think we're three weeks away. We're recording on a Saturday here. So we're only like three weeks away from these parks opening and we still don't have clarity on what people that are staying in resorts, especially need to do in order to just ensure that they're going to have they're going to be able to visit these parks. Yeah, it seems like if you are not tech savvy and not a patient person, they're basically setting you up for this is going to be very difficult. This is going to be something like either they're going to contact you and let you know when you can do a reservation. But if you are not in one of these categories where they need to contact you, you're going to be jumping through some hoops. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. It, totally. It's just, they've put a ton of different hoops and you know, it, like I said, it's, I question whether or not like, is this the best way of handling it for if really what you want is for people to feel comfortable, about, uh, comfortable with, with booking or, or maintaining, keeping their reservation. Because I, 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 I feel like the answer is no, <laughs> right? Like that's not what the intention of all of this is. No, I think uh, I think they probably like at this point it feels like they've just been through the ringer for so through so much trying to deal with these like like trying to resolve issues that they're really just like at this point they just are putting everything out there and scaring people off, uh, you know, letting people know up front and trying to scare them away. If they're not like fully like committed, like you're, you're going to have a rough time and maybe I don't know what the, I'm sure the service will still be okay, but you're not, the, it sounds like they're not going to be as forgiving or they're setting you up for that they're not going to be as as lenient with certain things if you're or like if you just don't have tickets it's it's going to be tough totally i mean if only because it feels pretty tough right now right like so uh, again speaking for me personally in my situation i have end of august early september booked at the pop century um so i did get an email saying initially saying like hey uh because you are uh and and i had tickets purchased before when and when my first trip was scheduled for uh for a couple of months ago that had to obviously get canceled because of the closures but so i still had tickets that are valid that are all in my disney experience uh, uh app 
And so with my new reservation that I made before they locked everything out, I was able to link that and that was great. And I got an email, I think last week saying, hey, as a park guest who has tickets as well, um, you know, you're going to be among the first to start placing these reservations. Stay tuned. We'll let you know when there's more info to share. Supposedly another round of emails went out uh, over the last couple of days to uh, to resort guests that have tickets. Again, like reiterating this info and confirming that Monday or confirming that uh, the 22nd is the day that you're going to have access to the system. I didn't get that email. Uh, also, because I'm staying at the Pop Century, it's not in the list of current hotels that are opened for the park reopening. And I have no idea if uh, if I have no idea if that hotel is going to stay closed or if they're slowly going to be ramping stuff up or what. And in all fairness, they may not either. But the fact that they just haven't said anything about it is like, again, as somebody that is trying to gain confidence that <laughs> this is this is something that like is going to work and that I I feel okay about traveling in such a such kind of a, a weird time to travel it does not give me a ton of confidence that this is uh this is a system that is well uh, well at hand here yeah it seems like you know they're they're kind of setting people up for like this is going to be a terrible experience. So, uh, and this is not a good time to like visit or, or they're, as you said, it sounds like, like they are kind of like, even though the, I think they're probably the meaning of this is to set expectations, but it really yeah. is. They're scaring people off or at least just being like, Hey, so, uh, you know, we, um, we can't guarantee that you're going to actually get to see the parks. Do you still want to come? Oh, those dining packages that you had uh, for all those dining plans that you that we gave you for free because you initially booked and that had to get canceled. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore. Oh, the uh, all of those dining reservations that you made uh, because you were within that 90 day window. Yeah, those aren't a thing anymore. Oh, that hotel that you had initially booked at. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore. We've automatically uh, we've automatically reassigned you to a different hotel. Still want to come? Oh, you do. <laughs> so here's a here's a bunch of more stuff that we're cranking down on and limiting. Still want to come after that? It's uh, it seems like it's it's like a it's like an exercise in escalation of uh, you know how much what you know how how bad do you want to come to the parks and so. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, I, I hope that this and some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about, I hope this is the extent of it, but, uh, but we shall see, man. It sounds like they're, yeah, they're waiting. How much can we like, how far can we push them before they break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And then for those of you that don't break, enjoy your limited experience. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That sounds great. Um, so, so again, with this reservation system, we still don't know the details of the system itself, but over at the WDW magic forums, a reputable user by the name of Flautus has 
posted screenshots of what the Disneyland resort system will most likely look like included are images of the initial landing page, group selection screens, the park availability calendar and confirmation screens. And so also important to note, somebody just, I guess on the, on the forum there, somebody just kind of stumbled across this temporary system while, while combing through the Disneyland resort website. So it's not like this is a mock-up. It's not like, I mean, this may even just be something that isn't ever actually used, but I mean, it's as official as you're going to get, right? It's like hardly even a leak. It was just there at some random uh, URL that somebody just didn't do a very good job of covering up on the Disneyland side. Mm. So, I mean, like I said, it's as, it's as legit as it's going to get, but a couple of quick observations that are worth calling out from these screenshots. So reservations are all date and entry time-based. One of the screenshots looks very similar to what we have with the Disneyland FlexPass calendar, where you can visually see if there are reservations available for both parks or only one park, or if there's just no availability on a specific day. At the bottom of the screen though, Entry times are listed and organized in the same way as a Disney restaurant reservation. So once you've selected your individual day, you're then prompted to select the time of day that you would like your reservation to be morning, noon, afternoon. And then once you make one of those selections, you're brought to the specific times that are available. So, um, that's an interesting one. It's also unclear if this will work like Shanghai, where only a certain amount of slots are available at each entry time. So uh, my hope, and I think the hope of some people, is, is just like this is, this is just their way of trying to gauge how busy these time periods are going to be, because not everyone is going to be interested in rope dropping. Not everyone is going to be interested in uh, staying until the very end. Um, you know, there might be families, maybe it isn't going to be a, a long park day and it'll just be like, you know, we want to stop into the park to have dinner or something like that. Um, hopefully that's what it is and isn't like we have a certain number of slots for each time. And because you had some issues or because you're only a, you know, a, a ticket holder and you didn't get in soon enough that there's only an afternoon entry slot available, especially with these limited times, man, that would be really, 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 really bad, man. <laughs> if, uh, if, uh, after all of this, then I only get like, you know, eight hours at the park. Yeah. The, I mean, they only specify that it's like the entry time. Correct. It's not like, Oh, it's, it's entry to like exit time. Right. Like, oh, right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. All right. Cause I mean, but yeah, it's still pretty messed up. Like, Hey, you may get, you have to choose an afternoon time, yet you're still paying a full price ticket for that day, but you're not getting that full day. Uh, yeah, that's pretty messed up. There should be like some kind of discount if you're coming in later in the day or something. Yeah. Like. Or they should just have it scalable to say like, well, parks are going to be open later, but there's some mechanism to control. Like if you come in later, you get to stay later, something like that. I, I, I don't know, because like I said, I mean, it's in those screenshots, there was a, there was one of the options was like 1 PM and there was just a generalized slot of afternoon. So, um, 
you know, that could just be temporary. It could just be like a generalized UI test for the system. Um, and hopefully they're not going to be that late, especially if you're kind of getting pushed into a later time slot. I think it was like 11 maybe was the latest entry for for Shanghai Disneyland. But but we'll see, man. It uh, Again, <laughs> this, is, this is one of those items that like, hey, uh, maybe you're not going to get into the park until afternoon. Still want to come? I don't know. We'll find out. Ho- hopefully again, hopefully within the next week, we have an answer to this because we're, we're less than a month away. Um, also interesting though, only one park per day is selectable and there is no possible way to select a park hopping option. And to confirm this, Disney has already come out and said that park hopping will be put on hold for at least the remainder of the year. You still want to come? <laughs> No park hopping. Uh, if you did pay for park hopping option, uh, or you are an annual pass holder with a park hopper with a park hopper option, uh, it sounds like you're gonna have to call Disney and they're gonna figure something out. Either hopefully a refund uh, and not just a credit, but it sounds like they're gonna work to try to make that right. Uh, but yeah, official no park hopping at Disney World. And then there appears to be a separate login option for resort guests and annual pass holders. Unsure if this means that they'll have more or any kind of different availability if you're logging in that way. Again, hopefully, if you are a resort person, uh, you can have uh, uh, you can at least have as many days as you have a valid ticket for and that you have a valid reservation at a hotel for, and they don't limit you to like three or four days or something like that, or three or four reservations or something like that. Uh, similarly with annual pass holders, hopefully that they have a little bit more flexibility than just somebody that has uh, a regular single day ticket or something like that. So I don't, I mean, again, still want to come. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so again, worth mentioning though, not official any of this, could totally change, but pretty good indication of where things are probably going to go and what I'm going to see on Monday when I log in at 4 a.m. The real question is going to be, is it safe to assume this is also going to carry over to uh, Disney World? And is this going to be what we see at Disneyland? Again, this was the mock-up for Disneyland, not necessarily Disney World, but I mean, like most things, it's most likely going to be a shared system, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it'll probably be some form of of similar system. They seem to use that kind of system for everything. So uh, uh, everything I've ever seen. Uh, so I imagine there's just probably, I guess they may, I don't know if they just use the same developer to come up with these things or they just (laughs) have some kind of template that they keep using over and over again. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's probably safe to say it's, it's, the system will be similar. Yeah. I mean, and, and to your point, it's like, it is basically just reusing elements that already exist. Right. So calendar looked a whole lot like the flex pass system the uh the specific timed entry looks a lot like the restaurant reservation system the grouping of tickets looks a whole lot like kind of making your my disney experience uh uh 
parties or groups. So, I mean, it all looks like it's functionality and a lot of the same UI that's built into systems that already exist. So, I mean, if you can make it work, then, uh, then why not? Especially if it's systems that like as a user I've seen before and feel relatively comfortable with. I think the the thing I'm not comfortable with is, you know, I'm going to log in on the 22nd and it's going to be something I've never seen before. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it from their perspective makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as you said, I mean, that's another element that I don't think people also uh, take into consideration is that it is a system that, a lot of people are already familiar with using systems that have been proven out over time. So it's best to use something that's kind of been proven or it, kind of the yeah. the devil you know than the, <laughs> the devil you don't know. Because, uh. I mean, this system needs to be as, as steady, rock steady as possible for, you know, for opening when they open this up on Monday. Because, you know, who knows? Uh, like how, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be flooded. Hopefully this is, this has been tested and, imp and improved over time to, to handle like, uh, more, uh, of the bandwidth of how many people are going to be hitting this system come Monday. It, especially since it's like this system is going through September of 2021, right? So, I mean, I guess it is a little limited in that it's only for people, at least on Monday, on this 22nd, on this initial reservation period. It's only for resort guests that already have both reservation and tickets in hand. But still, you have to think that there are a significant amount of people that fall under that umbrella that are from July uh, 11th, 2020 through September 2021, right? Like, that is such a wide amount of time that, uh, that yeah, it's, it's their servers. I'm their servers. I'm sure are going to be slammed. Uh, and then the other thing, of course, I really worry about with this. I pray that this is not going to be, uh, something like a galaxy's Ed reservation system where there's you, you kind of go into a virtual waiting room and it's just like a lottery that starts pulling people in randomly. That would be, such a bummer at 4 a.m. to wake up and then just have to sit through this kind of virtual lottery that's slowly pulling people in. I'll bet that's what it's going to be. I bet that's what it's going to be just because why wouldn't it be? It, that's a system that already exists somewhere. Yeah, I would say that yeah, that's a good bet <laughs> because because uh. it's something that they've already <laughs> used. It's been it's been uh. tried. It's been tested. So uh Hopefully, maybe they've improved it so it's not as as painful as it was before. You know, take the learnings. I mean, if they're a good software development developer, they take the learnings from the last time they implemented this and make improvements to the system for this new implementation. But that's making the assumption that, uh, you know, that they are a good developer. Yeah. Uh, all I know is I'm definitely going to apply my learnings from uh, the Galaxy Z reservation system. And I will definitely be logging in on two different browsers on my laptop, on my phone, and on my iPad. So if that's what it's going to be, 
I'm just going to hit it from every single angle I possibly can. Yeah, I think that's that's what you're going to have to do. Uh, hopefully, it's it's not really that. mess that really mess that server up. <laughs> really load test that server. <laughs> load management. Yeah, man. Oof. Well, we'll see, man. I guess next week I will have a report in terms of how it went for me. So fingers crossed. Uh, so that's all just for the reservation system. Once you're actually in the door, there's still that virtual queue system that we've heard rumblings about, but still have no real details of, right? Well, according to WDW News Today and various other outlets, a memo has been sent out to all cast members informing them that the virtual queue system and single rider lines will not be available when the parks open. This also includes Rise of the Resistance, which has been using this system exclusively since it opens. So, does no FastPass Plus, no single rider line, and no virtual queue mean that everything will be standby only? Yes, that's exactly what it means. On the plus side, though, Theme Park Insider Scott Gustin has confirmed a full list of the attractions that will be opening along with the parks, and it looks like there will be plenty of options to suck up the reduced guest capacity. Nothing really glaring is missing, mostly a handful of live shows and primeval whirl at Animal Kingdom, which has become more of a, a seasonal attraction anyway. So everything is still going to be pretty much good to go. But Henry, I wonder... Is the hope on Disney's end that the park capacity is going to be so low that these systems just won't be needed? Or is it that the systems just aren't going to be ready to roll out by then? I think the systems probably aren't going to be ready to roll out by then. Because uh, I, I think it's something that they probably did want to implement. But I think it's one of those things where it's... Uh, it's all ready to go or it doesn't go. So it's an all or nothing situation. Right. So it may have had, an, I mean, even though it's been set up for rise of the resistance, but trying to include all these other rides and get them up to snuff with this system, probably they didn't have enough time to do put those into place. And it's not something like, I mean, once you turn on the switch, it's hard to like turn it off fix something and get it it's best to just like it's all or nothing so i think that's probably what they're right. they're doing right now i hope that's what it is i mean i'm not sure because it seems like again like there is a rise of the resistance system that is in place and yes it's only for one ride but it's there so I don't know why they wouldn't want to utilize what's already there. In that case, it is just flipping a switch on one specific ride. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a little different in that, you know, your boarding passes are available as soon as the park opens. But I mean, that doesn't seem like that big of a, a change to make in that system. Maybe it is. Maybe that's what the issue is. But similarly, I mean, at Disneyland anyway, and again, this is all Disney World. So who knows if this is going to be the case as well for for Disneyland. But Disneyland does have Max Pass, 
which is kind of like a virtual queue, right? Like you could theoretically anyway, take that system and just expand it out because it's kind of like virtual FastPass. I mean, they've got FastPass Plus, which is like MaxPass, but just a much larger scope and usually would just be for a much longer time period that you're able to make those reservations. So I don't, I mean, it seems like they have these options that were in place that they certainly could use uh, that again, if they're going to do what they presumably are going to do with this reservation system and just reuse a bunch of functionality they already have, that's what they could have done for this system, but they, but they didn't, or at least aren't yet. So I don't know, man. And it also seems like, you know, one of, again, this is like the big challenge of them really being kind of mysterious and, 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 and just pretty opaque in terms of the news that they've been sharing and how these systems are going to work and, and waiting until the last minute to really start making these announcements. Again, this is not an official Disney word. So, I mean, the virtual queues technically was never officially a Disney thing other than we saw it in the app, right? Like it's, it was built into the apps, but there was never any kind of major announcement over it. So, so much of that was speculation. So I guess it's possible that it never really was on that same kind of timeline, but you know, it, it, it is one of those things where, uh, you know, in the, in, in these COVID days that, uh, especially in Florida where the virus is really seems to seems to be picking up again. It's having a, uh, it's having a resurgence that not having a virtual queue system and just telling everyone, yeah, you gotta be socially distanced in your standby queue. It's a little, that's a little rough, man. That's a tough one to swallow. Well, the only thing I can think of is that, uh, well, of course this is pure speculation is that, I mean, it, taking I can't speak for Disney World because it's been so long since I've been there. Uh, I can only speak on like say Disneyland, but maybe in there, sure. uh, maybe they want to expand the system uh, to include like rides that never even had like a fast pass system included. So a lot of those. Uh, Fantasyland uh, rides like Peter Pan and all those that didn't actually have uh, a system set up for it. Uh, They're trying to include those and then include even like like the scanners and stuff and have all that tech uh, set up there. And given, I mean, we're talking about Disney and while I'm sure Disney can get things done, but a lot of these manufacturers probably weren't uh are weren't working at the uh during this time either so maybe the manufacturing of these uh the physical uh scanners and stuff that they need weren't ready or uh or even just that i mean as we've seen in like software when even though you have a system set up for one thing, when you start adding in other things, sometimes you have to break the system for that one thing that was already working so that you can add sure. uh, the functionality for these others. Uh, so it's just kind of like, a, and maybe maybe the system isn't is maybe close to working, but they haven't had a chance to really like 
test it out and figure out and there maybe there's a couple bugs in the system so they just aren't ready to like they don't feel like i mean it's i get it i guess it's better that it it be fully functioning and and at close to like bug free as possible when they release it than to like hey you know it's gonna break a lot and release it to the public because right. then now you have to deal with all these people who are had like you know fast passes or whatever the, they were in a virtual queue and all of a sudden they were kicked out of it just before they were supposed to ride it now you have to deal with angry right. uh guests which i'm sure will just like cause other like bottlenecks and and angry people and i think it's it's they're trying to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, that definitely, I, I could see that. I do worry though. I mean, regardless of what the reason is, so just looking at the, at, at just the fact again, that virtual queues and no fast passes are going to be just the reality of existence there, that everything is going to be standby. And I kind of start to worry then that, guess this wasn't as much of an issue at Universal, so maybe that's a good thing, though. Universal does have a virtual queue system uh, that is buggy, but generally it seems like it, it's been working fine uh, since uh, since launch. But, but at these other parks that don't have that, so this was, we were kind of talking last week about both SeaWorld and Busch Gardens, and the feedback from... Uh, some of the people that we had followed that were there for either launch or soon after relaunch, one of the big complaints was because of the reduced capacity of, of the ride vehicles and because of the socially distanced, you know, lines themselves, it did make waiting to ride on the rides longer than it normally would. So, you know, they are talking about, you know, at least... The, a few of them were talking about, you know, 30 to 45 to an hour long waits for certain rides, even though the park was significantly reduced capacity. Just the fact that less people were able to ride each time really kind of dragged everything out. And so where I get really concerned is thinking of like the really popular rides, right? The slinky dog dashes, the rises of uh, the rise of the resistance, the, you know, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway, I start thinking about those uh, flight of passage in animal kingdom. I start thinking about those of experiences and are just like, man, uh, you know, that it, it, you know, the, it just seems like the potential is then there that uh, you're going to have some really lengthy waits to get on these rides and with reduced capacity. And maybe I'm not, you know, able to arrive right when the park opens because my reservation states that my arrival time is at 11. Yeah, oof, I just it it's not a good feeling. Yeah, especially if you have an eleven o'clock arrival time means you're not able to get in that line early enough. But yeah, I mean it's yeah, it is uh 
frustrating situation you're going to de- have to deal with. It's going to be interesting just because, I mean, you got people who are probably, you know, all the people are going to Disney World to have a great time. And uh, that's your purpose. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of, by the time people actually make it to the park, they've jumped through so many hoops and you had to deal with so many different things that, I don't know, you're going to have so many people just on edge that, you know, I don't know. It's it's going to be, uh, I imagine by the time they get there, they're, they're going to have a good time still. But uh, yeah, standing in line is, you know, has never been a fun situation. I mean, I, given it's it's better standing in line in a, a Disney line than at a lot of these other like SeaWorld parks or whatnot, because at least you have like uh, a more vibrant uh like environment that you're standing in instead of just like, well, it's just a ride. Uh, but still it's a line and everybody loves the, the line ride. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It <laughs> sounds like it, we're going to have to deal with lines. Oh man. You still want to go? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just, um, this is this is the question that echoes in my mind through through, through each one of these kinds of stories, but uh, but unfortunately, we're now going to get into the real downer of the week because on Thursday, Disney World announced that all dates for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party have been canceled. The event was scheduled to begin on August thirteenth and go through November 1st, when announcing this, Disney added, quote, while assessing Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party, we determined that many of its hallmarks, stage shows, parades, and fireworks, are unable to take place in this new, unprecedented environment. With that in mind, we have made the difficult decision to cancel this year's Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. Disney also stated that they are still evaluating the likelihood of going forward with Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays. Disney World did offer up a spoonful of sugar, though, with this announcement by adding that a modified version of the Epcot Food and Wine Festival will be returning with the park when it opens and continuing through the fall I know that that's not going to take the taste out of your mouth, Henry. How nervous does this make you feel about Oogie Boogies at Disneyland? Well, it doesn't surprise me. Um, My hope is that even though they are canceling the not-so-scary party, but they'll continue, they'll still do the decorations. Uh, Right. Because yeah, that's that for me, sense. that would be more the like the more uh, thing that I'm looking for is the decorations, the conversion of the haunted mansion for me. But uh, I mean, I've had numerous discussions with you, and it it doesn't look good because there's no way that they're gonna be able to do like. I mean, they could do something. It would have to be. They would have to get creative. Uh, but definitely, like the trick or treat trails, are not something that they're really no. yeah. going to be able to do. So I think what basically they were saying is we don't have enough stuff that we could technically uh, like 
basically charge you for and you go like oh yeah i'll pay for that so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you know i think it's 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 a smart move but i think they still need to like do the the decorations because is is I mean, I remember going before they actually started doing the party and just going and seeing the decorations for me was enough. And I actually was kind of a bit put off by the the party just because, I mean, if you, I mean, especially as it's gotten more and more popular, it's been harder to get the tickets. The tickets have become more expensive. And then if you don't right. have a ticket, you got to get out the park. And you're you're paying a full day ticket for not a full day at the park, and uh, and that's yeah. like a pretty raw deal, especially now that if you're not going to be able to do park hopping, that gets even worse. So uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that they cancel it, um, but my hope is that they'll still put on the uh, the decorations, and I think. A smart move for them would be to say, hey, we're still doing the decorations because I think a lot of people would still just go to see the decorations and the conversion and stuff because it's still uh, a wonderful thing to see and experience without the other part of it. I mean, especially since they've already gone and and done the halfway to Halloween. uh, (laughs) I was going to bring that up. What a downer, man. Seems like uh, now that they put so much effort into making that a thing, to then turn around and say, "Oh yeah, these big time parties, uh, forget about those." But yeah, I mean, again, it's not a surprise, but I mean, I, I really hope. Uh, I mean, I doubt, I doubt uh, Disneyland will go through with theirs. Uh, I think it would have been a yeah. good time to just kind of like answer that right there and just have it for both instead of like giving, tear the band-aid off yeah instead of having disneyland uh, goers like think hey maybe there's still hope but i highly doubt it uh but i think they should come out and just say hey we're still gonna have the decorations it's still gonna be a halloween time at disneyland and at california adventure and at disney world but uh it's just we're not gonna have the party uh, so at least they'll give some people like a reason to go. And instead of going, you know, having the, the holiday, the Halloween trick or treating events, we have the food festival to enjoy as well. So, I mean, that definitely would get, still be worthwhile going. Yeah. So the food festival is a good thing. I'm, I'm going to hit on that in a second. I mean, I do think so for sure. Uh, what you're saying about uh, the, about Disneyland's Halloween party? Everything that uh, that Disney calls out as reasons for canceling not so scary Halloween party at uh, Magic Kingdom could completely be said about what's going to be the case at uh, at uh, the California park. So, I mean, if that's the logic that they're using, that will also apply, and that uh, that'll definitely get canceled. You know, I think for decorations, totally. Like, why wouldn't they? They've already got them in storage. So go ahead, put them out. I think it'll be fine. I mean, I don't think... So again, like, we've been talking about all of these hoops that they've forced people to go through. I I don't know how much 
these decorations are going to be kind of like make or break for people. Um, it's definitely a bonus, but I mean, yeah, I just think like it's already like if you're in, then you're in whether there are decorations or not. And if you're out, it's probably not the decorations being there or not that have really influenced your decision. I mean, if nothing else, I guess, I guess part of what you're saying makes sense just in that it at least makes everybody feel a little bit better because, uh, you know, again, it's a lot of bad news coming in that, uh, that is a bit of a downer, at least when thinking about what your experience is going to be like. So that would, it would definitely help that. But like I said, I just feel like it's one of those things like, you know, people are going to be so, the people that are there are going to be so juiced to just be in the parks that whether they make an announcement or not about these decorations, then I just don't think it's going to matter that much. But I do agree that I think they will be there. Why not? They've, they've, there's, I cannot think of a reason for them not to do that. Well, the reason I say that is that I think what, what you might also have is, I think for the most part, yeah, you're right. Most people are going to be either committed to going or they're not going to go. But I think there's going to be, you still going to have some people who are kind of on the fence because, as you said, there's been a lot of like bad, like, or not great news and coming out about this. So if you're like on the just on the, you're an outliner liar and you're just waiting to, for that one special thing. This is something that could break that, especially like for, for me who usually goes at that time of the year. I mean, all the hoops that I'm going to have to go through to maybe go, I might say like, it's not really worth going if they're not going to have the, uh, the decorations up. But that, Do you think they're going to care about that though? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I hear what you're saying, and that makes sense from like an from from your perspective and an individual perspective. But like, it, it does seem again like they've given everybody so many reasons to either go or not go. And I mean, there will be somebody again. Like they've they've said for 2020, the remainder of it. We don't know how many tickets we're going to have available, so we're waiting to see how many people are going to cancel their trip, basically, before we even start offering new ones. So that, and that's not even going to be late until summer. So, I mean, I think, I think the problem that they're going to have isn't necessarily that they're going to have that they're going to have an issue finding people to get those tickets. It's you know finding ways for people to maybe spend more money, of which. Halloween party was a part of that, but I don't, I really don't think though that people are, that the issue that Disney has is convincing people to come or not. I think they're going to have enough people that are interested in coming for that, you know, 20% reduced capacity. Well, I mean, I mean, the Halloween party did, I mean, I imagine that definitely the ticket sales was a big thing uh, for a Halloween party. But, I mean, they also sell a lot of Halloween merch, which sure. I imagine is even more, uh, maybe even more so because, you know, people who aren't even going to a Halloween party can buy that merch. And it'll be a little bit awkward buying Halloween merch uh, when there's no Halloween decorations up. Yeah. But that being said, something I would like to point out is that while Disney World does do the uh, holiday party, Disneyland never did a holiday party, but they still put out 
the decorations. Sure. So you didn't have to pay extra to see the decorations. So I think they'll still put out the decorations. So yeah. I'm actually not as worried about that. I just no. think it would be would have been nice to like I don't know why they wouldn't actually just come out and say that we're gonna do the decorations. It seems like something that could have been easily kind of I mean yeah, it may not make a big difference to a lot of people, but it's more information and it's either easy. I mean, I'm sure they know whether they're going to do it or not at this point. Right. And it would just yeah, be, yeah. it's like you said, I mean, it probably won't make or break somebody's choice on going, but it will make them feel better about making that. And you never know. It may be some people it may make or break whether they go because they are going to have to jump through a lot of hoops to go. This will be maybe more of a reason that they want to go. Um, but, you know, it it's more information. And I think yeah. more information is better than less. Yeah, if nothing else, I mean, again, the big bonus is is that it, it is a piece of info. It, it is something to give those that are already committed something to look forward to. Um, and you're right that it may have an effect on if certain individuals and certain groups go. But like I said, man, you know that what that that loss of ticket, those people that decide that they're not going to go, those tickets are going to be snapped up by somebody. Like those I would be so shocked if in like August, September, October, if that park isn't hitting that reduced capacity number, I'd be really surprised. I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible, especially if you know, things are going to be dicey when it comes to traveling still, especially if things are going to be dicey when, um, you know, with uh, with COVID spiking in Florida, if that's still the case, for sure, that those could all be major factors into that. So, you know, maybe that's all stuff to factor in. But I just think at this point, like, you know, to go back to something that you mentioned earlier on in in, in all of this, it's like, it almost is a good thing, at least from their perspective, to set expectations as low as possible so that when you're there, you're not like completely disappointed. So in the sense of it almost makes sense from the perspective of like, hey, it would be nice if you show up and there are Halloween decorations, but maybe there aren't and you should prepare for there not to be. And then you show up and the decorations are there and the you know, all of the the awesome treats and merch that you would normally expect during the, the Halloween season is there. And you're like, all right, now we're talking. I'm feeling really good now. I, you know, maybe that's part of it, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, if nothing else, like this is, this is part of this challenge of waiting uh, this late to start getting into stuff. And they still have a little bit more time, but man, it's, you know, for, for working out like airplane travel and stuff like that, it's getting, it's, Cut, it cuts it tight. Well, I mean, I think uh, one thing to like pro for them, it, it only benefits them to do the the decorations still because remember our training on morale, you know, it's one thing like regardless, I mean, yes, people are going to be happy when they go to Disneyland but uh, or Disney World. But when you see those decorations, I'm sure you – your morale will be even more so and that is going to loosen purse strings make people more willing to spend spend money and yes they will have limited a number of tickets 
So what you want is you want those little limited number of park goers to spend more and getting them in the mood and a holiday mood and in a, a giving mood or even a, a, like a celebration type mood, even if it's not a celebration is a good thing for making, selling merch and whatnot. So, and treats. I can't argue with that. That's for sure. Um, though something that they are confirming, and I do want to touch on this, the food and wine festival, that's a pretty big surprise and definitely will bring more people into Epcot. Certainly more, certainly more locals that have annual passes will be trying to get, uh, get over there to, to take advantage of some of the, uh, food that's going to be on offer. So that's pretty exciting. It does also make me think that, there's an opportunity here at Disneyland Resort as well to do something very similar, right? Because they uh, they basically cut right into the Food and Wine Festival at DCA uh, at California Adventure when the closures happen. So you already have a bunch of people with these kinds of uh, half-used sip and savor passes and just people that were hoping to get there at some point before the event closed and and just weren't able to. And there was that rumor a while ago stating that uh, there were some plans or some approval that had happened for plans around uh, getting those stalls back when the parks reopened. So, I mean, you could almost see something similar uh, happening at that, that California Adventure where Oogie Boogies is canceled, but they say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to bring the Food and Wine Festival back and it's going to be extended through, you know, fall. Similar, similar kind of situation. I think that would be genius because, I mean, usually the markup on food is huge. So, and, and food yeah. sells itself. Who doesn't want to eat? <laughs> so I think that's a, a brilliant idea. And I think they should, should implement that if they don't have Oogie's party, um, which I imagine they aren't. This makes sense to you know to continue the uh, the food and wine festival or, or maybe even a Halloween themed one. Oh, ooh, there we go. Now we're talking Henry Hall with the ideas. Yeah, they can have that one for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, it's it's not like you work at the Walt Disney Company or anything like that, and and can shoot off an email. But uh, <laughs> and and if I remember correctly, though, Henry, you were one of the lucky people that were able to hit up the Food and Wine Festival while it was still open, and you had rave reviews. Oh yeah, the food. I mean, we've hit a couple of those. We had uh, we had the Food and Wine Festival, and before that, the the uh, Festival of Holidays. I don't, I, I mean, even the most disappointing of the food was still really good. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like pizza, even bad pizza is still pizza and it's still great. So, uh, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with those food and wine festival, uh, or some form of it. And, uh, and if you go to a park and you're not taking part in that, you're missing out. I mean, so, and I think these events are getting more and more popular. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's totally makes sense. Uh, I think, uh, 
I don't see any reason why they shouldn't do it other than I think uh, the problem would be the same problem they'd have to deal with anyways as far as cues for people. But, I mean, that's something they have to deal with anyways. So, And they did start, though, at, uh, at least at um, California Adventure. They did have – I know that they did um, – they had this when I was there for – their Chinese New Year celebration, they did have mobile food ordering for the festival carts. It was like you basically placed your order and picked it up from one cart, but like you could order from any cart and they would just all magically appear, which just probably meant that someone ran over all these little plates, but uh, they would all magically appear at one the one pickup cart. Hmm. So they they could still implement that. Yeah. I mean, I know that they did uh, at least, I didn't look into the mobile ordering of it uh but i do know that you could order like any of the the food items from any of the vendors uh and then uh you just went over to the appropriate place and just picked it up um yeah but uh yeah and and i mean from what i saw like from what i experienced and what my uh, sister and uh, her husband experienced. Her husband was blown away and running from booth to booth. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely something like everything we had was so good. Uh, like I said, even even the like the worst of the what we had was extremely good. So and the food was so like. It's just kind of actually surprising, like the quality of all this food. Uh, the food and the drinks were just so good. So I definitely you're still gushing, man. Hey, man, it was really good. I mean, I like to eat. <laughs> I'm, I'm that is getting through, man, for sure. That aspect is getting through. Uh, if only though, it was it cost the same as as bad pizza for sure. That would be that would be the only improvement I could think of. But. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. I, I would, I'm, I totally agree. Uh, that's what they should do, especially if Oogies is canceled. Um, that would be incredible. But we're still, still got a few more items from uh, Walt Disney World to close out here. Uh, still a couple of weeks away, and we still have information trickling in on just a handful of little items here. This first one is another disappointment, unfortunately, but Walt Disney World will no longer be providing complimentary magic bands to resort hotel guests after 2020. Instead, they're going to be improving and implementing many of the features that are present in the magic band into their Disney World app. Uh, Disneyland already has a lot of these features built in through the use of Max Pass. So, uh, so it sounds like that's that's kind of the direction they're going to be moving. You still do want that Magic Band experience, though it technically will still be offered, but each band will have to be purchased uh, when you're going through that whole process online. So it sounds like probably there's still going to be a resort guest discount applied for Magic Bands. It'll probably be something similar to the way that it currently is, where if you want anything outside of those plain uh, single-color complementary wristbands, if you want specific designs or a specific theme, you have to pay like, you know, uh, a little bit of money that's costs a little bit less than if you were just to buy it outright at the park. But still, 
it's 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 going to be a little bit of an upcharge. So uh, this definitely was one of those items that that made me think about that uh, interview that Bob Chapik had, where he was talking about finding some of these line items in the Disney experience that maybe they could scale back on to to save a little bit of cash. So it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it really is. Uh, at least when you think of Disney World vacations, it does add to that experience where. You know, before your trip even starts, you get that package of those magic bands that you can open up and and look at them and start to really get excited about your trip. So it's kind of a bummer that that won't be at least at least that won't be a complimentary aspect to the trip. It's not surprising because like you uh, obviously have experienced it before. So you have that expectation. But I think since they uh, since Disney World gets more uh overseas and travelers from you know from other states and whatnot coming to uh, the park there's a lot of people who they probably have a lot more first time uh park goers going so they don't have that initial expectation of getting those things um so it's probably something like for me when i went to to disney world the magic band system wasn't even there so for yeah. me going now it's like oh you got a complimentary magic band before uh well it's not something i was necessarily <laughs> expecting so i'm not missing yeah. out on anything but you know if i want to get it i mean given i probably would want to have it for sure anyways but uh knowing that it i mean that it was like a free, uh, a, a given away for free if you got that experience. So it, it's kind of lost on me at this point. So, it, you know, yeah. it's, yes, it does impact people. It's, it is kind of like a, it is a, I, I hate to hear about freebies going away, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's probably not something that, in the long run is really going to be make that big of uh, an impact on people who really want to go. No, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely not like a deal breaker. It is one of the little things that do, that does kind of add to that experience up front though. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, finding out that, uh, you know, blue Bayou doesn't give you the complimentary cup of gumbo, you know, man, it's brutal when I found out about it. Do I still go? That's that's yes. the, that's what Henry's upset about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I still. I mean, it's still a sore point. I still go. I still definitely <laughs> yeah, go. True. I still look forward to going, and I'm still going to go. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is still like, uh, do I make gumbo? Can I make gumbo at any time? Can I have gumbo? Yes, I can have gumbo. But it was nice getting that free cup of gumbo. Uh, so that's definitely true. Uh, of course, though. So, as a regular Disneyland Max passer, uh, I, I of course think about like all of the times that I have been in line when it's my time and I've got my app out up and I've got my phone out and I'm ready to scan, and there is like a large cluster of people in front of me fumbling around on their phone trying to figure out like how everything works and is my brightness up and. You know, you know, if there's a large group of people, then they have a bunch of different max passes. It's just like, oh, come on, people, like, let's get going. So I imagine that that's going to be uh, something that's now going to become a Walt Disney World uh, edition 
Um, and the other thing that I was thinking about when reading this is if they don't have Apple Watch functionality, huge, huge misstep. They need to build that functionality into Apple Watch. And when they do, I will absolutely purchase one. Yeah. Because then there you go. You've got your own magic band. It always still boggles my mind why they don't like if if you have the the Max Pass and you have all these other tickets on on one app and they all have a max pass uh, max pass as well. I don't know why they don't have just one thing to scan. Cause going through yeah. waiting for like people like having problems, like one, their phone doesn't scan or they have problems switching between the tickets. It is just boggles the mind <laughs> that these people are like, are having such a difficult time with this thing. And that's why, you know, one of those things that kind of goes against, like, should I really get the max pass? Cause look at these people having such a problem with, uh, but uh, yeah, I imagine it's going to become more and more a thing. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that is one of the additions and maybe something that they, they do end up streamlining for Disney world because, you know, with Max Pass at Disneyland, it's not something that everybody has. It's probably a small minority of people that end up going the Max Pass route that, that do visit. So, you know, it's much more manageable, even when there are, you know, every once in a while a, a cluster of people at the entrance. It has the potential of being a much larger issue at Disney World, especially if everybody is utilizing that system. Um, so, you know, hopefully that is something that they can streamline and maybe take that advice to heart because I agree. I mean, it's, it, uh, it's going to be a much bigger problem there. So hopefully, hopefully that's something that they can solve. Um, we also do have a health and safety update that is definitely going to be something that you're interested in, Henry. So we've been following the reopening at a bunch of these parks. It seems like one of the common bits of feedback that we've been hearing from everybody is that there just aren't enough staff members to really enforce social distancing. Heard this from Universal. We heard this from SeaWorld. We heard this from Bush Gardens. And it sounds like Disney heard this as well because they've established a special team named the Incredicrew, whose job is to, quote, promote physical distancing guidelines in common areas and queues. They've already rolled some of these team members out at Disney Springs. Sounds like they're going to continue all into the parks themselves when they opening, uh, when they end up opening. So... You got a specific staff just dedicated to social distancing. Henry, I know this is this is a big thing for you. Yeah, I mean, it was something I was also reading about uh, Dollywood, too, uh, I guess. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Head of the curve. Yeah. Dolly Parton. All right. Yeah, they, well, I mean, no. <laughs> I guess the one of the concerns that came out from uh, a, a uh, someone who went to, I guess, a preview date at Dollywood was they felt that they didn't have enough uh, staff on hand to uh, ah. ensure people were social distancing and wearing masks at all times. It's one of those things that I think was brought up at, at SeaWorld and some of these smaller parks. But uh, I'm glad that uh, 
that Disney's getting ahead of this. So, it, I mean, at least it looks like, at least we could say that they're they're uh, paying attention to the news and to some of these uh, the problems that these other parks are running into. Totally. It's one of the benefits they have of opening about a, over a month later than some of these other parks. Well, I mean, if you're going to open up later, at least you need to have everything right when you open up, especially Disney, because yeah. everybody's going to, like, at some of these, like, Bush Garden and Dollywood, you know, these things aren't going to be big news, but at Disneyland or Disney World, that's going to be big news. I mean, even though you're making things hard as it is, you could potentially be scaring away or at least setting yourself up for maybe a lawsuit uh, if you aren't putting the proper uh, people in place. Plus, I imagine even uh, more so is that uh, state agencies may be keeping an eye on these things. And if they hear enough accounts, they may wind up like shutting down these parks or telling them they have to shut down or refusing uh, the opening of other parks or whatever. It's true. Well, we've also got a couple of updates for annual pass holders as well. Starting to sound like extensions are being rolled out for anyone that chose this option over the refund. Already a couple of confirmations from people online saying that they have an additional four months that has been added to their expiration date. Feedback is starting to come in. So, uh, so I'm guessing as soon as we have a firm final date for Disneyland, we'll probably start to see something similar there too. Then, uh, you know, if you add on that additional month that that's being bonused to everybody too, it's like five additional months extension. That's not too bad. It's pretty, that's, that's, that's workable. It's almost a half a year. Almost getting there. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then Passholder previews have been announced as well for both Magic and Animal Kingdoms on July 9th and 10th. Reservations will be required, will be limited, and will be first come, first served for all weekday select, theme park select, silver, gold, platinum, platinum plus, and premier Passholders. So uh, a little taste of what's to come for if you're a, uh, if you're a annual Passholder there. And finally, Disneyland Resort in California. We've got good news. We've got bad news. We've got some news that's somewhere in the middle there. Good news is that reopening plans for both downtown Disney and the Grand California and Paradise Pier hotels have all been officially approved. So, Henry, you'll finally be able to tackle that birthday cake shake at Black Tap on July 9th. <laughs> and you'll finally be able to stretch out after that shake in your signature suite on July 23rd. I believe the cost for a signature suite is around $1,400 a night. So be pretty sweet right there. <laughs> well, I have to say the the churro shake at the Black, <laughs> Black Tap <laughs> almost ended ended us i don't think we finished that one off so uh so you're, you're up for a second go <laughs> is what you're saying uh actually the i guess i don't know if it was a cookies and cream or just the outright oreo one looked very interesting because it had a huge <laughs> huge oreo on it i was I, I was dumbfounded when i saw it. i'm ready i'm ready to watch you consume one of those man it's like yeah that won't be what i'll be doing <laughs> <laughs> pass um 
So we are also still waiting for approval from local and state officials, though, for the parks themselves. So no, so no word yet on when or even if that planned July 17th reopening date will be given a thumbs up. It sounds like uh, the local cast member union is is not feeling so great about this date. They're a bit concerned about uh, about general cast member safety, so they're definitely pushing back. So we'll see. I know also the state of California has their own set of guidelines that they're going to add to uh, the phase three reopening. So we'll see if that July 17th sticks. I, I bet it will, but it sounds like Sounds like there may be some additions that need to be made. Um, now for the bad news, it's not really bad, but more kind of disappointing. But uh, but Disneyland After Dark's Star Wars Night has been postponed to a later date. The decision to move it is a direct result of Star Wars Celebration being canceled this year. And that, of course, was scheduled to coincide with Star Wars Night. So... That will be moved to another night in the not too distant future. So there you go, man. That's uh, that's all the news that's fit to print, dude. What a week! Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I mean, a lot of a lot of um, you know, disappointing news to have to deal with. But at least, I mean, it's still news based on the park's opening. Uh, I actually feel that uh, I understand the cast member union being concerned, but honestly, uh, looking at how things are in like going to the stores and just going to regular stores and regular restaurants, it might be the safest place to be would be <laughs> Disneyland. If, if, if people are, if, I mean, cause at least that's a more controlled environment or an environment yeah. where you can actually like enforce rules more, uh, you know, talking with, you know, with my experience of being out and about lately, uh, people are not, are not practicing, you know, wearing the mask and social distancing as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, for some reason, people have basically felt, feel that this pandemic is over and it's only getting worse. So, uh, yeah. you know, given I understand their concerns, uh, and they definitely should be like voicing them. Uh, I just think, yeah, uh, it'll be up to Disney to like, tighten those strings up on those areas and make sure that, uh, you know, giving cast members the power to boot people out of the park who don't follow the rules. Hopefully people will come to their senses sooner rather than later and start following those rules. Because I know the governor of California has, has said that now it's mandatory. If you're in a public space, you wearing a mask, there's still a lot of people out there who apparently did not get that notification. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, so my hope is that with all of this, uh, with, with the way that Disney has been communicating all of this information and the hoops that they've created with the way that they've been communicating and, really making it difficult for you to 
to plan and do that kind of set it and forget it kind of planning. Like you actively do have to be involved and informed and really on top of everything. My hope is it is weeding out anybody that's not fully committed to the rules and that the people that are going to show up are not the people that are like, Hey, let's, what are we going to do today? Let's just roll into Disneyland and just, or, or Disneyland or Disney world and just pretend like it's another day at the park. Like if nothing else, they really have gone out of their way, whether intentional or not to really communicate that when you arrive at any of these Disney parks, it is not going to be another day at the park, right? Like you are going to have to be prepared. And so again, like my hope, the positive spin all of this on all of this. And I know I've come off ridiculously cynical this episode, but that's just the way that a lot of this is leaving me feel. But the, the bright side is hopefully it only brings the people that are really committed to the experience and committed to following the health and safety rules and committed to not really making it difficult for other people that have also jumped through the hoops and also, uh, you know, have, have joined in on this kind of shared communal experiment really. But um, so I hope that that's the case. The other side of it, and really this goes to me feeling kind of cynical about this whole process as well. And I think, I think too, this plays into that feeling that maybe the unions have, and I think a lot of the workers have, is that the frustration isn't necessarily with the policies. The policies all seem fine. A lot of what they're doing all seems fine, like especially at Disney World. I mean, it really does seem like they're going out of their way to create this kind of safety bubble from the rest of Florida. And if nothing else, like the fact that the NBA, the fact that the MLS are going to be there, and it helps me feel a little bit more confident that like, well, if these guys feel good about it, then that's a pretty good endorsement, right? Like, okay, that feels good. But what doesn't feel good and what does make me, I mean, nervous isn't the right word, but does give me anxiety is just the way that a lot of these policies and a way and the way that Disney just in general has been just doing a really shoddy job of communicating everything out to people and not giving them enough time to think and react and plan accordingly. Like it, it again, just to, just to reiterate the fact that we're like three weeks away from an opening and still have a ton of questions in terms of how things are going to work once you're actually there is problematic. It's like, it was problematic a couple of weeks ago. Like this, this all should have been locked down and I get like, everyone's trying to scramble, but like, come on guys, like let's, let's get on it. And so, you know, when, when, you know, you hear people talking about, well, safety, it's just like, it doesn't make you feel safe when you still have major questions that are hanging out in terms of like, well, what are some of these policies? How are they going to be enforced? If we're doing everything standby queue, what does that mean? Like, what's that experience going to be like? Don't know. Will we have the answers before the park even opens? I hope so, but maybe not. We might not. I mean, you know, we've we've kind of gone ahead feeling like, well, Universal was was very shoot from the hip, and that was a negative thing, but like, 
you know, I don't, it, you know, and, and we've, we felt like Disney was going to be much better in that regard because they had more time. And so, I, I mean, they've been better just in the fact that it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to be open next week, but, uh, but still it's, it is still cutting it close for a lot of these. So, I mean, I think they have not done themselves very many favors by sitting on a lot of this information and not being just crystal clear about the, the communication timeline. Like if they don't, if they're still working on stuff, then fine, but you got to communicate that out. If they don't have answers to specific things, fine, then communicate out like when perhaps we can expect that. Like it's, that's, I think where some of that anxiety certainly for me is, and I'll bet for other people as well. Yeah. I think, uh, the silver lining to making people jump through hoops is that by the time I think they get to the park, uh, they are going to know how they need to behave and they yeah. may even have to sign something. So um, hopefully uh, maybe one of the delays to, you know, pushing out the, the uh, reservations and whatnot process is that maybe they are lining up like something to give you expectations, but definitely I think having the process be jumping through hoops that by the time you get there, you know what is going to be expected of you. And that's the silver lining. Uh, unfortunately, what you said is uh, the problematic side to how they've been doing stuff is that they haven't been getting, giving enough uh, information on the, for planning a trip uh, and whatnot. And since you know, uh, Disneyland is is a little is easier since it's more of a locals park, whereas with uh, Disney World, as you pointed out, is something that people usually like are traveling from a distance to uh, enjoy. So it's harder to make those plans and harder to change those plans. So yes, this I guess. Uh, you know, this is the one area that definitely one of the areas that they are failing at. And hopefully they will give more information come Monday um, before you have to make your reservation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. If, they, if I don't have it by Monday when I'm making my reservations or, oh, man, if I log into that system and they don't recognize me, uh, ugh, that's going to be. That's not going to be fun. That'll be, that'll be something, but I have faith. I think it'll be, I think, uh, I think it'll be good times when that happens, but I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you what I want from Disney at the end of all of this. I want a t-shirt saying I successfully planned a <laughs> Disney world vacation <laughs> for the second half in the second half of 2020. I want that t-shirt. I feel like that's the least they could do. <laughs> I made it to Disney World and all I got was this stupid t-shirt about the COVID-19. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. Uh, I think that's I think that's fair game. Or just like I'll, I'll also take like a a limited edition magic band or something like, "Hey, this is from the last batch of complimentary magic bands." I don't I don't know. I don't think I'll that take, I'll take what I can get. I don't think that would be that special, but uh, you you could get the COVID nineteen special edition uh, Magic Band that has I don't know. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> nineteen on it somewhere. <laughs> oh man, oof! We got to wrap the show up, man. That's we we're gonna end it on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been episode 21 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Bye.